trying to get you in a position in 2020 to go uphill fast. Full bore ahead, uh, increasing every day in every way. This morning, we're going to continue on dreams and visions, if you don't mind, uh, which I like, okay, because the Holy Ghost gave it to me. Uh, but we're also going to look at something that's drastically important here at the beginning of the year. And uh, this is just a subtle, <clears throat> this, this approach will be subtle and you'll have to really look to see uh, what's being said, what the real crux is and what's really being said. So uh, b beware, I'm telling you up front, that it would be a subtle approach, okay? Uh, to increase, <laughs> to increase according to God's principles. Would you like to increase according to God's principles? Isn't that kind of subtle? We're going from here to increase. <laughs> this morning's topic will be increase. For 2020, if you're going to have dreams and visions, that dreams and visions ought to incorporate increase in every area of your life. But there are some principles that guide and control the increase, God's increase. There are some man-made principles that control increase in the natural, but that's not where we're going. We're interested in, in the principles that govern God's increase. Okay, now listen to me. God's increase is designed to do just that. To cause increase. But he has principles that guide it. We'll talk about two of them this morning momentarily. Uh, we walk in two different, uh, uh, two different spiritual principles that we would look at this morning. Number one, the first principle we would look at is found in Isaiah, the first chapter, 19th verse, which tells us, if you be willing and obedient, oh, talking dirty already, aren't we? If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Uh, I believe that you'll find that this crosses the boundaries and goes from uh, the time of the old covenant into where we're presently living. The requirements the same. Willing and obedient qualifies us to eat the good of the land. Um, one of this principle that we're talking about is obedience to God's word, uh, which means that it's our requirement or the, the emphasis would be upon us. Eating the good, the good of the land would mean, I'll put this, I'll, I'll say this for your approval here this morning. 
Eating the good of the land means all of our bills paid, and we have money left over in our checking account at the end of the month. See, here's the whole point here. People become comfortable living from payday to payday, and that's not God's increase. Okay, now you can live like that, but that's not what God has in mind. God wants you, and you have to start cl cleaning the house and cleaning your mind out because it's your mind that's causing you the problems because of things that you've been taught as a child. When you, when you were a youth, a young child, you were taught things pertaining to uh, uh, increase, or you were taught things pertaining to blessings, you were taught things pertaining to finances, that are not right. They're not right. And so the things that aren't right that's in your belief system cause you problems. When a subject, when an when a opportunity comes, when something is facing you that requires biblical understanding and you have misconceptions, uh, wrong ideas, wrong understanding, your belief is corrupted in that area, it's going to cause you problems. And, and, and the more, <laughs> see, God can't fix it. Amen. God can't fix it. He, I'll tell you what he can do. He can keep giving you the opportunity to fix it. But if you don't fix it, it doesn't get fixed. Now listen to me. A person that isn't fixed is offendable. This all ties together. You get offended over things that you're not willing to fix yourself. See, God's not the fixer. Somewhere down the line, people have taught, you know, God is the fixer. No, God's not the fixer. He's given us the wherewithal to fix it. He's given us the Holy Ghost. He's given us prayer. He's given us the Word of God. He's given all of the components that we have need of to fix whatever the situation is, but He's not going to fix it. Okay, and there's lots of clues that would tell you that. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you've got a faith problem, you have to fix it. God's not going to fix your faith problem. And, and a majority of Christian people, that's what they, they have a faith problem. They have a believing problem. They have an a, a increased problem. Because they hear all this, they hear all this from other areas that are putting the pressure on. The name, I was just listening to our favorite sons do their uh, upload on the on YouTube, and they were talking about the name it and claim it and the blab it and grab it clouds crowd. See, that that came from people who do not understand the law of increase. Maybe you haven't heard this, but but this is the put down for people who are believing God, who are actually. Uh, expressing uh, Philemon 6. Okay, so the, um, uh, the put down for that is to identify uh, the name it and claim it crowd. 
Well, isn't it amazing? Those, I've never seen anybody who's in the name of the Klamath crowd that are believing God at all. Because they can't. They just shot themselves in the foot. The very thing that they have to do, they're making fun of. Did you understand you have to name it and claim it? Huh? You have to blab it and grab it? See, it's just a have-nots telling the haves how to handle themselves. It's amazing. Because one of the first principles to increase is obedience to God's Word. Well, what does God's Word say? Well, we've been through this. Going over to Philemon 6, it says to make our faith effectual. What does it say? To make your faith effectual, what do you have to do? Is it acknowledge naming and isn't acknowledge naming? Isn't acknowledge blabbing? (laughs) So, you know, the reason that they attack it is they don't understand it. Isn't that amazing? Instead of taking the time to find out whether it's truth or not, they listen to somebody else who do not have something trying to put down somebody that has something. It doesn't bother me. I don't care. I've been a name it and claim it person for 40 years or better because I saw the principle in the Word of God. You can't go any other way. That's just an act of thievery that Satan has brought forth uh, from the have-nots to try to steal from the haves. And it won't work with me because I don't care. It, I'm not offendable. Are you offendable? Okay. So the first principle is obey the Word of God. Well, Philemon 6 that we says that to make our faith effectual, we have to do what? Acknowledge all of the good things that are in us through Christ Jesus. Well, the more you can rehearse those, the more you can acknowledge those, and you get to the place that you acknowledge them out of your heart, not out of your head. You start to acknowledge them because you believe they're there. Because you now start to believe God. So you're going to find out here, God's going to tell you that they're there. That's what you have to study to find out where they are. And then God will tell you where they are. They're in you. They they came in you when you became a new creation. All the good things of God are in you. They came in you at the, at the creation. They have to be activated. All those good things. And the way you activate those good things is explained in Philemon 6. By what? Acknowledging that they're there. Okay. Now listen. This is the, this is the where the rubber meets the road or the controversy. They're not there visibly when you start to acknowledge that they're there. That's the whole point. That's what you're wanting to do. Make your faith effective. If you want to make your faith effective, this is how you do it. What are you making your faith effective on? All the good things that are in you in Christ Jesus. You want those good things that are in you in Christ Jesus to manifest in your life and start to produce and have effect in your life, right or wrong? Right. 
Well, that's how you do it. Okay? And so we're already infringing in, on to the second principle. Um, the other sp uh, spiritual principle uh, we, would, we must uh, recognize here is we must walk in faith. It's faith and obedience are the two principles of increase. Okay, faith, obedience, because of the way I'm presenting them, it would be obedience and faith, but it really is faith and obedience, either one. I presented it this way, so it's obedience and faith are the principles that govern God's increase. It's not that God is not, God is not the holdback God. In other words, God doesn't deal with us as a punishment to withhold, <clears throat> excuse me, to withhold things from us. See, I don't know where that came from. I think it's interwoven with the sovereignty message or something. But somehow in all of this, the idea is God is involved in manipulation due to the fact of whether we're obedient or not. If you're not obedient, then God doesn't release something to you. That's not true. That's not, God's not involved in it. If you're not involved, if you're not obedient, you're already setting the precedent. You're setting the thing in motion, not God. He said, obey. You said, I don't want to. He said, okay, fine. You don't get it. Not because I'm holding it back, because the only way you're going to get it is to obey. So that takes the emphasis from God and puts it right back where it belongs, on us. Okay? So... Obeying God isn't that difficult when you're saved. Because when you get saved, something happened to you that makes you want to obey God. Huh? You became a new creation in Christ Jesus. All of that old stuff that was holding you back and causing you problems was eliminated because you were redeemed. You were taken out of that kingdom and placed into a new kingdom. And in the new kingdom is a whole different attitude. This kingdom over here, the kingdom of darkness, there's a bad attitude. Everybody in the kingdom of darkness has a bad attitude. And they can't help it because of spiritual death that permeates your life. When you got saved... The scripture says that you were moved from this kingdom to this kingdom. Amen. So the, 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 the action here puts you in a place where you can start to acknowledge who you are. Not who you were. That's what a lot of people want to do. They want to maintain some kind of uh, connection to who they were. Who you were is not important any longer. The only connection of who you were is your memory and your mouth. God has, doesn't even know it. See, it's been removed from him 
He doesn't know it. He doesn't acknowledge it. He doesn't deal with it. He doesn't challenge you on it. He doesn't get involved in your life based on how you were. He now gets involved in your life on how you are. You are a child of God. And you need to acknowledge that you're a child of God on a regular basis so that the belief, the child of God belief builds up in you and it starts to affect you. Children of God act different than children of the devil. And before you became a child of God, you were a child of the devil. And there's no sense in you trying to act like a child of the devil because you can't do it over here. Huh? Don't you see Christians who don't know any better? They try to act like they're children of the devil. They're not. God doesn't see all that. He's not involved in that. That's a personal attitude you have. You need to get rid of it. And you need to go to Philemon 6 to do it. But let's get back here to this final uh, spiritual principle. And that is the one uh, that is that we walk by faith. Faith is the currency of God's economy. It would do you well to understand that, that faith is the currency. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. He also tells us in the scriptures how to get faith. The Bible says that faith comes from God's word. Now that ought to be a clue to us because this faith that we're talking about is the God kind of faith. There's all kinds of faith. You understand that? There's not just one kind of faith. There's all kinds of faith. And so when you're, when you're dealing with this particular kind of faith, the God kind of faith comes from God's Word. What God's Word is telling you is it's telling you, for sure enough, God loves you. You don't have to bargain with Him for it. It tells you that He loves you. And then you have to start to acknowledge that he loves you without any, without any hocus pocus and under the table foolishness, without any bargaining with God. See, the idea here is God's not withholding from you because you made a mistake. Deliberately or accidentally. God doesn't do that. But he's been accused of that over the years. And it's into people's belief. It's into their religious belief. They religiously believe that. And they're walking around afraid of God because they're afraid they'll make a mistake and God will do some punishment on them. Because you know why? They're ignorant to the Word of God. If they only knew that the punishment that Jesus Christ himself took and bore for us eliminated any other punishment whatsoever for us. There is no punishment for us at any time, anywhere, from God. None. Why? Because Jesus paid the price. Okay? So in Romans 10, 17 is our clue. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hearing what? Hearing what God has to say about all of our life inside, outside, up, down, 
shallow, deep, whatever, the more we take time to study and meditate on the Word of God and find out what He really says, what He really says that belongs to us as part of what happened when we were redeemed from spiritual death, we were at one time separated from God. If we know what God has said belongs to us, then we can develop trust in God for whatever that is and his, and his word to receive what he's already been provided for us. And we get into this, we start to develop and grow into knowledge and understanding that all that we have need of has already been released to us. There's not one thing God's holding back on. But we say, but we don't have it. That isn't God's fault. He gave it. He said, all these good things are in you in Christ Jesus. He's already given it. Now what? Now we go around doing without because we're ignorant of the word of God. We don't know what to do. We don't know whose faults. We don't know our responsibility. We think God's responsible. He's not responsible. We are responsible. He's already given the responsibility to us, but we don't want it. It's easier to hide. It's easier to hide from the responsibility unless some religious people teach us that God's in charge. And the reason that he's not blessing you is he's, uh, he's trying to teach you something. And that's not all. He'll put sickness and disease on you. Uh, he'll even kill your children. He'll destroy everything you have. He'll dis- if you're a farmer, he'll destroy your crops. If you're a businessman, he'll cause your business to go bankrupt. That's God. He's doing that. He's trying to get even with you. Or he's upset with you. Or he's judging you which none of that's true at all. Because you have to spend some time over in the book of Romans where the Holy Ghost and the Apostle Paul has written to us to understand there is no judgment on the body of Christ. None. You need to get into the place where you understand that. I didn't say that bad things weren't happening, but that's not judgment. That's bad things happening. We like to label it because then we can blame God for it. But but that won't work because God's not responsible for it. Are you listening to me? Trying to get you in a position in 2020 to go uphill fast. Full bore ahead, uh, increasing every day in every way. And to do it, you have to be obedient and you have to understand faith. Because it's the, the controlling principles are obedience to the word and faith in God. Without, without obeying those principles, you're not going to increase. See, you can't pray increase upon yourself. You can't. You can't get over in the corner and try to make God feel sorry for you because of your lot in life. And maybe, you know, if you could twist his arm enough and whine and beg and complain enough that he could just drop a crumb for you. That's a bunch of baloney. 
That isn't truth at all. If you're doing without, it's your problem. Not God. It's not God's plan. It's not God's will. It's not God's desire that anybody in the body of Christ be insufficient in anything. God's plan is for everyone in the body of Christ to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Making an example to a lost and dying world. Put the dope peddler to shame. Because all the little kids want to emulate the dope dealer. Because he's got the big car, and he's got the flashy clothes, and he's got the big money, and he's got this, he's got that. The believer ought to be able to double down on him. But they, we can't. Because we haven't gotten involved in increase to that degree that we can challenge the powers of darkness and just double down on it. We're supposed to be able to. It's awful quiet in here. You don't think God would challenge the devil straight up? But he's not going to do it without us. See, we'll get to that. i got to close, okay? Galatians 2.20. We've got to develop trust in God and his word to receive what he's already, what's already been provided for us in the complete work of Christ on the cross. Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live should not be beneath, but should be above, because that's the life I should be living. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Not that I just get by, that I get blessed coming and going, and that I become a blesser. Everywhere I go, I'm a blesser. God himself took on the form of a man so he could redeem all of men from spiritual death. Jesus, as God, became sin for us. We can hardly grasp the fact that deity became sin, but he did. He died spiritually, the righteous for the unrighteous. In the new creation, we share with him Jesus. He's the head and we're the body. He has imparted himself in us. And when he gave himself to us, we became a new self in the place of our old self. We're never going to be the same self. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. If you being risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on increase. Set your affections on things above, which is increase. And not on things on the earth, which is decrease. For you have, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Train your thoughts to dwell on things above. Train your thoughts to dwell on increase. God's increase, not grovel on the things of the earth. You've died to the things of the earth and your real life is now hidden by its union with Christ Jesus. We need to grasp the reality of our utter oneness with him, the completeness of this union, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We are the fruit-bearing part of him. Come on. We're the fruit-bearing part of him. We're the part of him that blesses and touches humanity. God doesn't touch humanity. We bless them and touch them. 
we're the part of him that brings eternal life to a lost world. We share in his resurrection. We're sharing in his victory over Satan as well as in his victory over sin. We are. We're sharing in it. We are his testimony right now. We are Jesus' testimony, God's testimony in the earth. This is why I was sent here to cause you to rise up and take your rightful place in the body of Christ today where you are right now. If we want to live in prosperity means having our needs met and be able to bless others. We must walk in obedience to God. We must also have faith in him to provide for us and cause us to eat the good of the land. Now listen to me. Are you eating the good of the land? Are you eating the good of the land? This is the first step. You'll never eat the good of the land till you just start to declare that you're eating the good of the land. If you're waiting for the good of the land to come and park in front of your house, it ain't never going to happen. Until you start declaring, I'm eating every day at the master's table. I'm eating the good of the land. And nothing is going to stop me from eating the good of the land. Not myself or any other self. Why? Because God said, it's mine. I'm sharing Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Do you think Jesus is hurting? You think God has a welfare system set up in heaven? No. No. It's our connection to the earth is what's corrupted us. But we've been disconnected. We're no longer connected to the earth. We're new creations. We're new creatures. Our home is heaven, not here. We're just passing through. We're temporarily here, not here permanent. This isn't a permanent home anymore. And we have to start acknowledging that this is not a permanent home. We, we have been made available and made able to eat the good of the land. Are you eating the good of the land? Uh, that ain't good enough. <laughs> we'll have to turn the clock back, start all over again. If you want to live in prosperity, that means you have to do something. We must also have faith in Him to provide for us. He's provided for us all that we have need of. There's not one thing that we have a that, that is not available to us through the principles of obedience and faith. Just two simple little principles that'll take you a lifetime to master. Obedience and faith in God. Our faith in God ought to grow exceedingly daily. Your faith today should be surpassing your faith of yesterday and your faith of the day before yesterday. Today's faith, and faith is now. 
And every day you should be consuming something into your spirit to boister and build up and develop greater degrees of faith in your life. That's a greater understanding and trust of God. So you can't trust God if you don't know God. And that's the problem with most people. They only know him as a, they only know him as some religious figure. They know him as a, uh, a cross with a figure nailed on it. They know him as all these symbols and this, that, and the other. That's not him. That's a lie. Jesus is no longer on a cross. Amen. He was there, thank God, but he's not there anymore. He went through there, he passed there. Now he's seated at the right hand. I've never seen any kind of paraphernalia that you could wear around your neck that had a seated on the right hand of God. Okay? But we have to start developing that attitude that's truth. Jesus isn't having difficulty making his payment, his mortgage payments in heaven. Remember he said he's going to go prepare a place for us? There ought to be some kind of place. He's been doing it for 2,000 years. Hallelujah. Can't wait to see what kind of place is there. I'm ready for mine. I don't know about you. I'm not going to hurry the issue, but I'm ready. I'm, I keep my toothbrush with me all the time. I'm ready. <laughs> 